Quantum of Misses, the James Bond podcast that experiences 007 the old-fashioned way, in a random order designed to mirror the whims of the ITV schedulers in the 80s and 90s. I'm Christopher, and this is the Misses. Hello, I'm Fiona. Thank you for downloading our podcast. I hope you enjoy it. So part two of The Spy Who Loved Me. Was it as good as part one? No. No. There's a long scenes of fighting. Uh Uh-huh. That does not excite me much. But the the fight in the tanker with all the um, crews, no one gets to die anything less than a hugely dramatic death. I know, it just goes on. Just on, on, on. And then you're just like, yeah, I've seen people get blown up and thrown this way and that way and shoot, shoot, shoot. No one I know is going to die. They're all just <laughs> random blue people and orange people, so... Uh... But there was a nice bit in that where um, the young British officer goes to meet the ultimate sacrifice, who we've never met before, hmm. but yet somehow in those five seconds between him saying, you are like, oh, no. I'll go, sir, and him getting blown up, there's so that you go, oh, no, not him! Hmm. He's like that bloke who we've just met. Yeah, I know, I know. There was one scene that I thought went on too long. That was the scene where they spoke about their feelings and emotions. Well, I know that's what you'd have <laughs> too much of. No, I tell a lie, I think that was that is the perfect amount of feelings and emotions that need to be in a Bond film. What, the, them in everything. the bubble at the end? No, no, before that, in the in the hotel, when she works out that... Oh, he killed that her... he killed her boyfriend. boyfriend. Okay. There was a bit of conflict, there was a bit of acting, um, and, yeah, and then we, we got on with things, because that's what we have to do. We didn't sit and talk about it for ages, uh, and by the time it came to it, she changed her mind and well, was we'll ready get for, for the, the bond. So we'll start at the beginning, amphibious car. The amphibious car, what you so rightly predicted. I know, it's as if Mystic I'm amazing. <laughs> um, though I would say, even though I knew it was an amphibious car, it was quite cool. Yeah. I did enjoy the amphibious distance. Amphibious of it. Um, and also the the ability to fire missiles straight up in the air to rockets and across the way to mm-hmm. take out what I call the yellow meanies. Yes. Whatever they were. Yes, um, the sort of four guys who were trained presumably now, just to fight, fight against little submarines that might come to attack. No, probably. Um, so apparently Triple X had stolen the blueprints to that car two years ago. She had indeed. So what had Q been doing in that preceding two years? Why hadn't this car come <laughs> about before now? And how did Q know that what he needed in this mission was an amphibious car? Well, he is on an island. So, and he's and, on an island looking at a place that's offshore. Yeah. So I think Q's reasoning on that score is pretty good. But what I would ask of Triple X is this. If you stole the blueprints to this car two years ago, mm-hmm. why did you look so scared when he was driving it off True the pier? When you knew exactly what was going, what could happen with this car. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that wasn't a scene that happened sort of halfway through the movie ago. That was literally... <coughs> it, it was not far from being the last bit of dialogue. I know. So, there we go. 
But the amphibious craft was pretty cool. was pretty cool. Then uh, it drives out the sea. Drives out the sea. And a man looks at a bottle and then looks back at the car. And looks but I like at the, the fact the man is on the beach just drinking a bottle of wine yes, without uh, a glass or anything. I like uh, I think bigger than a litre. I think it would be a litre and a half bottle of wine he was drinking. Now, that's what that's what going on holiday is all about. In the 70s, that's what you did. <laughs> Off to the beach, bottle of red wine, huge bottle of red wine, just, just neck out the bottle. Who knows mm-hmm. what you might see. And then we cut to the hotel. Yes. When it, it's like Bond is in the village. <laughs> Do you think? Well, it's all the curved ceilings mm-hmm, and... Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a bit shabby chic compared to the village, mm-hmm. but yes, I did think suddenly we're in. That's just to cross-reference our other podcast. Yes, carry on up the village, available <laughs> where all good podcasts are provided. Which is about the prisoner, mm-hmm. cult TV show of the sixties. Yes. Anyway, so that's what I thought about that, and that's as you say. Oh, and then the clown arrives, gives him a message. <laughs> um, I think she thought she was, you know on for something there and then he was just like I'll take the message oh, oh okay but she knows the other girl was in the suite uh, in the next door suite well anyway um, and he incidentally mentions he got the lighter in Austria and she goes ooh when were you there did you kill my boyfriend yes I did uh, don't tend to look at people's faces but, but yes. I didn't notice that one and well, it was him no he said no I didn't know him and then I didn't look at the faces but I did kill. But I well, did kill somebody. to be honest, I killed somebody. You'll say he died three weeks ago. It's a bit of a quicker dig if it oh. wasn't him. Indeed, indeed. So, so she then says, "When this mission is over, I will kill you." I know, which you'd think would change the mood in the bedroom between them. Well, it kind of did at that point because well, she'd kissed him before then in a sort of a nice I know, way. I know, but I think yeah. Um, but his face was kind of the equivalent of what else. <laughs> Um, and then they go into the, they land on the submarine, mm-hmm. and they go to find the boat that apparently has never been to port. Never been to port, yes. How does it fuel? It fuels at sea, maybe? Hmm. And, um, and then they're forced to, oh, now one point I want to say about Missy. Um, <laughs> Missy. Triple X. Agent Triple X. Um. So, yeah, she's on the boat. She's going into a, a submarine situation. Yes. Now will be the time for a hairband. <laughs> <laughs> you know, just wear one round your wrist, wrist just in case. You know, you need to disguise yourself as a man or some other way. And, and you know, if she was doing all of that and in all of that danger and stuff like that, her hair would look more worse for wear than it does. But you say that you're not a top secret agent. She must. She might have secret ways of keeping her hair panting fresh. And, yeah. Uh, okay. But yeah, then the sub sub is forced to come up because it's losing power, and then she just swallowed as yes. we predicted. Can, can we have a moment for um, Shane Rimmer's finest hour? Shane Rimmer is the actor who played the American submarine captain. And have you never seen a major shower before? Yeah, that guy. Yeah. No, but is that his moment? No, when's his finest moment? It, well, this whole film is his finest moment. You, you, you have seen or I'm, heard I'm sure I have. Shane Rimmer in literally hundreds of things because any American voice that you heard on British TV in the sixties or seventies was probably Shane Rimmer. Really? Yes. He did like Thunderbirds and all that sort of uh. thing. Uh, but this is his finest hour as the American captain of the USS Wayne. 
But yes, they um, they swallow the, their submarine gets swallowed as well and lines up alongside the other two, which are now fully crewed with uh, Stromberg minions. Mm-hmm. And Bond asks, uh, and then he, you know, in in a very Bond villain t- type way, reveals an entire plot to um, to Bond and Triple X for no apparent reason mm-hmm. other than to show off. And his plot is that they're going to hit New York and Moscow, and therefore. Americans and Russians will blame each other and start a war. Mm-hmm. And then, oh, he doesn't. He isn't doing it trying to extort money. No, he wants there to be a war. Is it for a new world order? I, yes. I've glazed out. And where is the new world order going to be? In the sea. Under the sea. Yes, because that's you know the place that he's going to build it because he's got his webbed hands. Okay. We don't really get much reasoning for why it's going to be under the sea. But he's basically going to obliterate the surface so yes. that the sea becomes more valuable yes. and everyone has to live down there. Is that yeah. way? Mm-hmm. Nice. Or we get to start again under the sea. Okay. Uh, so then he takes Triple X yep. for his nefarious ways mm-hmm. onto the boat. When the monorail uh-huh. Um And then Bond goes off to be put into the prison with the yes. rest of them. So then the monorail... Mm-hmm. Shot out a pipe! It is shot out a pipe! <laughs> and as it shot out a pipe, it becomes a speedboat! Hi, that's, that's pretty cool. That's what Q should have been working on. <laughs> that's what we could be doing in the two years since the Amphibian yes. And then I've just written War. War. Well, they release the crews of the various submarines and tell them very quickly go and release the other crews and then go to the armory. Where's the armory? You need to know that. Uh, but somebody obviously was fluent in Russian because it didn't take any longer to get the Russian crew out than it did to get the American crew out. Mm. So I would have thought the Russian crew would have been a slightly more suspicious of a Westerner saying, come on then, let's go, we're all together now. Uh, so off they go. No one gets a less than dramatic death. Some of the deaths were astounding. Uh, in some people were throwing themselves off before uh, mines and uh, grenades even exploded. Yes. Uh, falling downstairs. Yep. The young British officer. Were set alight? Side. Were set alight. No, some of them were set alight. Some of them were set alight, yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, meanwhile, Stromberg back in Atlantis goes Octopod. total pervo on Triple X. Puts Triple X in a scanty dress for no apparent reason, ties mm-hmm. her up. But I think what we have to take a moment here for is not her being tied up, but his tie. <laughs> It's as if, you know, sometimes in, in comedy sketches... Um, they take the piss out of the 70s. No, 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 no. <laughs> like, somebody will be sitting, like, with a um, uh, napkin in oh, their yes. shirt. Then they will stand up and it will turn out that the napkin that they have in their shirt is actually the tablecloth. Yes. Well, that's how big his tie was. <laughs> it could have been a tablecloth. But it was so 70s. <laughs> the whole thing, the so pay- smock was 70s. <laughs> everything was. But the fact that it had that tie with the swirly pattern and everything, yeah, mm-hmm. no, I enjoyed that. <laughs> mm-hmm. So when the crews take over the um, base, uh, they manage to change the two nuclear submarines so that instead of firing at Moscow and New York, oh, yes. they fire at each other. Very clever. Yes. Now, I love the fact that, you know, you've got Bond and the other Captain Manny, mm-hmm. um, not really au okay fait with the equipment. Bond mm-hmm. opens a manual, <laughs> manual! and starts yeah. t- 
tiny, and he inadvertently switches on the globe, which gives them the position of each thing, uh-huh. and then the other guy knows enough to uh, swap the positions. Uh-huh. But neither of them can type with more than one finger. <laughs> and also the fact that there seem to be instructions on page one of the manual. The manual, which is only like four pages long anyway, but page one of the manual was it's not like a thank you for purchasing <laughs> the... <laughs> it's a wee hardback thing. Yeah. Uh, so, yes. And also the fact that neither of them seem particularly perturbed about what would two nuclear explosions in the North Atlantic actually do? And then there's that scary moment when we think that they're going to hit each other. Yeah, they did hit each other. No, as in the the, the missiles are going to hit, hit each other. I don't know that would necessarily have been any worse or well, better. Scup of the plan. Oh, because the two. Well, there's only one nuclear nuclear missile on each submarine. Yeah, but what I'm saying is, if they'd hit each other midair, then neither mm-hmm. the submarines would still be active. Oh, but you say they wouldn't have any missiles. They wouldn't so have then... any nuclear uh, and. Given that they then went after Atlantis and they'd already destroyed the tanker by then, yeah, um, there would be nobody to give them orders for a while, so they could have been captured uh, yeah. and uh, and and sorted out. But yeah, mm-hmm. uh, what I did like though, actually, oh, wait a minute, wait, we haven't, we've we've missed a bit, have we? We missed a bit when to get into the operations center, he has to go to the nuclear <laughs> oh, warhead yeah. and take out the detonator to use as a bomb. <gasps> yes, tense, all the tension. Well, was it? Because, you know, Bond's not going to die at this point, is he? No, but he might have set it off, like, a little bit. Or yeah. he might have then had it's, to defuse it again. It's not like Danger UXB, where some <laughs> of the main characters actually died when you were watching yeah. it, so you never quite knew what was happening. But no, this is more like a game of operation, when <laughs> if it got a bit too close to the edge, <laughs> it, it buzzed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I wasn't, I, yeah, I wasn't finding that tense at all. No. We also so. didn't talk about what he then did with the detonator, which was to climb on top of the great big CCTV unit so he yes. couldn't be seen and take it along to the edge of the, of which the was a bit clever. steel uh, wall. Yeah, and a bit more tension when he went back from the thing and, it, and he couldn't get any farther back. No, and, uh, and as you say, you have to do your joke here. Game it like a wrecking ball! Thank you. Um... A joke 30 years in the making. <laughs> nearly 40 years in the making. Yeah, so he was stuck halfway back, and then, fortunately, the operation centre moved him back again to yes. see if that sorted out the camera that, <clears throat> that he had unplugged, and, and therefore he got away. Now, I also want to take a moment now to discuss what he is wearing. Because, yes, he is wearing a... Naval but, uniform. Naval uniform. But underneath the naval uniform, for some reason, he's wearing a turtleneck which no other person (laughs) in uniform is wearing, and, you know, giving him that milk tray man look. Mm -hmm. Is it because he's uh, so old and jowly, he doesn't really want to wear an open neck? No, because he's still quite young in this. I don't think, you can't, you can't, you can't say that Roger Moore is... trying to be fashionable. I think so. And suave. Yeah. And can he, he knows that... He might get a chill. Well, exactly. (laughs) He he knows he's going on a submarine, but he also knows that he may at some point, have to do other stuff, because he's a spy. Because mm-hmm. what was the plan when they got on the submarine? If everything had gone right on the submarine, what would have happened? Well, they, he might, they would have had a look at the tanker. Well, he might have gone into a tiny submarine to go try and get onto the tanker yeah. or something yeah. like so that. Yeah, so he had to be equipped for all uh, eventualities. Well, then Brady McBoat face collapsed. <laughs> and they have... Uh, goes to see Octopod. You know, the Japan were on Boaty with Boatface since it's now been destroyed. Yeah. Um, 
I learned something interesting about that that ship, which was they they knew they needed to get a big tanker, and the owner of the biggest tanker in the world at that time was Shell. So they went to Shell, and Shell said, yeah, you can come and have a look at our tanker. So they did, and and apparently they did some filming on Shell's tanker as well. And then, um, when they made the film, completed the film, they let Shell, the Shell guys, have a look at it. Including the crew of this, or the captain and that of this tanker, um, who were very impressed. They said, "We don't remember you filming that bit and this bit and all the explosions and all that." And they said, "No, we didn't use any of the film that we shot on your tanker." Well, which tanker did you use? Who's got as big a tanker as that? We've got the biggest tanker. None of the shots of the tanker are a real ship. They are mm. all models. Which even now, so they just shot the film to be able to make the models. Yeah, just to see what it was, what yeah. it would be like. But even now, those can, you, you think it's a real ship mm. that they're filming on. Anyway, apart from that, you, the, once you, well, now that I know that and watching it, you realise you never see any people on the deck. Yes, of no, the ship. I did think that. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, then they go to the octopod. Yes. And then on the jet ski. Well, no, we're not there yet. Oh. And then the um, captain says, "Unfortunately, I've been given." Um, a mission to blow Destroy up the octopod, octopod immediately. Mm-hmm. Yes, but Alana's on there, whoever her name is. And yeah. Triple X. Um, <laughs> the poor film. Uh, she's on there. I know. As like everyone knows that they're in love or something. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll, 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 I want an hour. Give you five minutes. Forty minutes he offers them. <laughs> no, so he gets an hour. Um, so he goes off on this jet ski that Q had sent in, in a suitcase, which was quite cool. On the point of the submarine, I did actually like the fact, because when, when they were, everybody was going back on the submarine, I thought, can these submarines have got no space on them in any oh, case? They were but they were all crowded in together, so that, that was quite good, although I noticed nobody had gone into the captain's cabin mm-hmm. um, to, to use some of that space. But, yeah, so off he goes on his little jet ski. And then he gets in and gets invited up, but doesn't get shot into the... Shark tank. Because he's standing mm-hmm. either side of it, even though he didn't really... Oh, no. No, he didn't really know that happened. I know he's been on the octopod before, but he yeah. never saw that. No, no, but he was uh, But he was smart. Um, and then Strongboy tries to kill him. Using he, his big harpoon gun under the table. But he kills um, Strongbow. By shooting him right in the cock, twice. And then in the chest. But then Jaws appears. Yes. And so he shoots him in the teeth. Why not? <laughs> yes. In the chest. Um, or his jaws too. Or the brain. You no. know. <laughs> Any, pretty much anywhere except the... Unless one was just trying to find out. I wonder what happened when I shot his teeth. Yeah. No, it just kind of ricochets off. Um, then they have a fight. And then he catches him with the magnet and puts him in the shark. But then jaws bites the knock. This is the first time that I'd really realised. Because I've never really thought of the context before. That... Jaws is called Jaws, like Jaws the film, about which is about a shark. shark, and this is this Jaws beats the shark <laughs> in this film. Yeah. That's quite good. Yeah, some of us realised that instantly. <laughs> okay, anyway. sorry. So, um, then Bond and Triple X goes into Injector Pod, mm-hmm. which is like some kind of porn film set. <laughs> Um, <laughs> Do you think all the escape pods were equipped oh like yes, that? Oh yes, I think they probably were. <laughs> uh, 
and um Triple X says he's she's going to kill him, but then doesn't. Well, then I can't tell whether she's just like I will kill you, but I might just shag you first in some kind of what are those um animals that oh praying mantis praying mantis. Or whether Fail. she's won over by him now and doesn't matter that he killed her boyfriend. Well, it, it's odd because you think she's going to... I, I can't if I'm wrong, but she levels the gun at him, then smiles a little bit, then stops smiling, then shoots, but that's actually just shot the cork off the champagne, mm. but then keeps the yeah. gun at him, but he, disar- he disarms her, literally... With the witty quip of, can I have my last request? Let's get out of these wet things. Mm. Oh, you're so funny. I forgive you for killing my boyfriend. Yes. But I think by the end, I don't think she's then going to attempt to kill him necessarily after that. Because, you know, the power of his shag. Could be. Pussy galore. Turn from lesbianism to... Let's not get back there. Well, but this is, you know, it's, 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 um, precedent for the yes. power of Bond's shag. Yeah. Okay. Maybe it's Q is injected her. With some kind with of, some pheromone. kind of, <laughs> some kind of, um, mind altering semen. Yeah. <laughs> Fast acting mind altering semen. <laughs> That's where all the money goes. Q's bizarre, uh, no, Q's bizarre, um, chemical warfare using the semen of secret agents. I think you've taken that too far. <laughs> and then obviously the pod gets found by all the bosses who mm-hmm. watch him shag and are shocked. Mm-hmm. Q's less shocked. He finds it a bit funny. Does he? That's what I think. Oh, okay. Um, and then Bond's just like, oh, I'm doing international relations, what he says at the end there. Oh, he says, keeping the, what, Bond, what are you doing, what are you, what are you doing? And he says, keeping the British end up. And I saw a little smile play across your face when he said that. Or was it when the, um, masked, uh, unison singers of the, of the British Navy chimed in with their version of, nobody does it better. It, it, that that they, that they <laughs> so ridiculous. Why did they do that version? I don't know, but it it's up there for me as possibly the greatest moment in <laughs> really? all of James Bond. It, specifically, specifically, <coughs> the way that they do the last line that they get, which is rather than "Baby, you're the best," but "Baby, you're the best." I love that bit. That is just oh, that's what you want at the end of a Bond film. Who's not coming out of the cinema with a broad grin on their face then? If if keeping the British end up didn't get you, then surely these guys did. Surely. Ah, there we go. <laughs> so, um, well, now we have a choice. <laughs> Big choice. Do you want... Uh, where's, the, where's the dice? Where's oh, the we're, nowhere dice? Near, we're nowhere near the dice oh, yet. Oh, TV listings. Do you want TV listings? Hmm. Do you oh. want posters? <laughs> oh, posters. You want posters? You, 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 I don't, this doesn't necessarily mean you're going to get away without these. I know, I appreciate that, but let's just start with something I actually enjoy. Alright then, posters, here we go. We're in the era of everything's kind of all homogenous now. 
So, so all the posters look the same? Yeah, there's only a, a little bit of uh, is variation. It, is it Bond with girls either side and then scenes from the film of stuff exploding behind them? Yes. <laughs> so this is the... Come in here. Oh, God. This is the... Um, this is the uh, teaser poster. Oh, that, that was a bit less what I was expecting. No, no, you, you set up. You come to it. It doesn't come to you. There's a reason for this. Well, I can't see it now. Okay. There it is. Right. So, Bond, or some feminine version of Bond, <laughs> with some kind of um, blonde quiff, uh, uh, and Triple X, though not looking terribly like Triple X, um, pointing at you. They both got guns, or she just got something <laughs> She's shiny. She's just got something shiny that's kind uh, of... And it says, it's the biggest, it's the best, it's Bond and beyond. Okay. Then, oh. this is the American uh, poster. Well, this looks a bit more like a like a, t- um, a magazine layout. Yeah. And it says, it's the biggest, it's the best, it's Bond and beyond. Uh, Roger Moore, as in Flamestone, Bond 007, the spy who loved me. And there's little cutouts of Phibius Carr and the jet ski... And then behind no, the jet ski was invented for this. So there was no jet ski before this one was invented that came in this film. Yes. There we go. There you go. Um, and then behind the two of them, um, posing very similar to the other picture. In fact, it is the same as the other picture. But well, so you see your whole body yeah. and then colour. Yeah. Uh, is the submarines inside the ship mm-hmm. scene? Oh, and there's there's a bit of uh, octopod action mm-hmm. corner with some green, uh, yellow meanies mm-hmm. hiding behind there. Well, that's quite similar, apart from the cutout shots. There's uh, the car going into the water with the helicopter above it, then the amphibious car, and then Bond being attacked by Jaws. And it's no longer the biggest, the best, it's Bond and Beyond, it's now... It's the biggest, it's the best, it's Bond and B-E-Y-D. It is indeed. So this is this is the usual poster that you see for it. Yes, yeah, so it's got them... At the top, there were some weird-ass graphics going on and camels coming out of his head. Um, well, that's Egypt. Yeah, no, no, I see. Oh, I know, I know. I was aware of that. And there's a jet ski. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's the amphibious car. There's a scene of black and white picture of the submarines in the boat. And then the yellow meanings in the octopod at the bottom. Mm-hmm. This is the British poster. Oh, that's the same picture. Bit more stylized up, uh, with it's the biggest, it's best, it's Bond or Beyond down the side. But it's, now it's Bond that's being highlighted. Yes, it's Bond. It's Bond and beyond. and beyond. This is a slight variation of the British poster. You might have to go back. Bit. Oh, tell me which bit's different. Oh, uh, Digital Quartz Watch advertising. Mm hmm. 145 quid for a digital watch. Hmm? Take for a tenner then. I know. Yeah, this is the Finnish version. Uh, which is, uh, though I quite like the fact he's called Rekastetuni. Rekastetuni! I wonder what that means in Finnish. I should really have looked that up, shouldn't uh, I? But they go big on the um, camels. Egyptian thing. Uh, and less so, well, no, and half, mm-hmm. half of it's... Uh, but the, the invisible, the underwater car is missing. It's gone, yeah, it's more, more Egypt than... Uh, this is Thailand. Very much like the other ones. Although there's a, another random woman. Who's that? Oh, that's... That's Naomi, the helicopter pilot woman. Oh, uh, right. Um, 
who no, we, never wore that kind of outfit. And then no. you, you see Strongbow in the corner, mm-hmm. um, Jaws, Jaws fighting, Jaws fighting. The fat baldy guy gets into this one. He's fat bald guy again. He was, remember, when Jaws was first brought out by Stromberg and they were told, go and kill James Bond, there was a fat bloke. He's the one that he knocks off the roof in Egypt. Yeah, yeah. So he gets onto this one. Only tiny, though. Yeah. I wouldn't spot it if you Now, this is the Italian one, which, as you can see, is very similar. Mm-hmm. But the difference comes in the picture of Bond and Triple X. So mm-hmm. this is Bond, the Bond and Triple X we've come to know and love. What about these two? Well, it's Clint Eastwood and some other bird. <laughs> I think I think Triple X looks more like Barbara Bach in this one. Yeah, no, maybe it does. But yes, Bond looks like um, Clint Eastwood. Uh, this is Japan. Oh, this is very different. I mean, you've got a picture mm-hmm. of Roger Moore at the bottom there with a gun, Phoebe's car to one side, um, we jet ski things or something to the other That's side. That's the yellow. Yellow meaning. Not yellow. No. And then there's uh, two birds at the top. Well, I, in the film. I know, but I don't recognise that outfit that. No, uh, she doesn't wear that in the film. Okay, and then and and she doesn't. Naomi doesn't wear that. Mm-hmm. And then there's J- uh, Bond and Jaws fighting. There's the submarines there, and there's the octopod blowing up. Mm-hmm. Now things get a little bit strange now. Because they haven't been strange to date. Oh, now it is a picture of a shoe against another shoe, and it looks more like um like a fringe poster. <laughs> something you'd get at an arts festival or something. It's got a funny graphics that look like a wee face. I think that's going to be a very long barrel of a gun. Oh, I see, to like a double shotgun or whatever they're called. But you're right, the way that all those various sort of little shapes go round about the the double barrel of mm. the gun and a little red sort of triangle underneath makes it look like a face going, woo! Woo! <laughs> uh, Engine. Yes. So, I'm going to ask, there's one more poster for you to look at, but I'm not going to let you look at that just yet. I'm going to ask you which is your favourite out of the ones that you've seen so okay. far, because... Can well, I... It's not that. Italian. No, it's not that. Uh, Thailand, with the extra pictures. Keep going. The strange one, the digital watches, the non-digital watches, uh, the mm. usual one, the long one, or the teaser one. I think... That one. that one, which is the usual file of my poster, that's the one you'd yeah. see. Until I guess see. best, Bond and Beyond. But I want to show you not just the best poster for The Spy Who Loved Me, but the best James Bond poster of all time. Cool, this is the poster, <coughs> suppose, possibly some sort of bootleg poster from Ghana. Are you ready? Yes. Wow. <laughs> So it says it is. It looks like something a child has drawn. <laughs> the spy who loved me. There's a bit of suggestion about the amphibious car behind. Look, look at how long the amphibious car is. Well, <laughs> they don't draw any detail in the other side of a person who is not Bond. How do you know he's not Bond? Because he's ugly. <laughs> look at his forehead. The forehead looks more like Jaws's forehead, you know, with the bumps <laughs> that he's got. And then the woman... Is is doesn't even look like the same nationality as that is weird. And, and you fish. haven't even mentioned the giant fish. The fish that that bit looks like a. <laughs> well, that wouldn't be out of place. It's because it's because the tail has flipped round. Yeah, lovers, Teshi Club. 
earth. I love it though. <laughs> it's so wrong. Google it, friends. I love me Ghana. Do you? You check you, it out. You won't regret it. <laughs> You'll never look at James Bond the same way again. But fish wasn't even a big part of the story. I, Is it just the amphibious? I I understand marine life, but possibly. Or did they do something wrong here, and they just need to no, to cover it up? I understand that possibly it may be a bootleg poster because the film was being shown in this club, and that's the logo for the club. Ah, uh, I see. So it, it it's <laughs> although he does obviously take a fish out of the car. When he comes yes. out of the water. But, so, and maybe fish are involved in so it. So is this likely to be like the owner of the club trying to make up a poster to advertise his event yeah. or something? And uh, you'll notice that the film that he's showing is called... The Spy Who Loved Me. Loved Me. The Spy Who Loved Me. And even the me has been written over as if perhaps they wrote something else to begin with. So yes, you've certainly learned something here today, haven't you? Yes. <laughs> right. Let's do TV listings now. Let's do TV listings. So The Spy Who Loved Me. When uh, did you first see it? I first saw it. Don't try, don't try to... Make this a two-way conversation. No, don't try to skip me forward. No, do, when, when was it first released or whatever you're going to tell me? Uh, it was first uh, shown on British TV, and I'm doing this slightly differently from how I normally do it. So forgive me if it's a bit uh, more stilted than my usualness is. Uh, it was first shown on British TV on the 28th of March, 1983. Between quarter past seven and twenty-five past nine uh, on ITV, it was a Sunday, uh, before it was Sunday Best and after it was the news. Uh, at the same time, on uh, BBC One, 7.15 to 9.35, you could have been watching, they did, they did kind of try, a little bit, uh, <coughs> you could have been watching... Have you found a reference yet? Yeah. Open all hours. I repeat, but yeah, it's always a, it was always a popular choice. Popular choice. Then the film Top Copy, which is a mid sixties romp uh, caper film with Peter Ustinov. That was that was what they um, put against it. But it got a huge rating, as you might imagine. Um, it was then on Boxing Day, nineteen eighty six. And you know how I love doing Christmas schedules. Uh, between Christmas special of Name That Tune and Torval and Dean, Fire and Ice, none more Boxing Day, I would say, uh, which um, uh, Auntie Beeb, they had a great lineup. Uh, the Paul Daniels Christmas Magic Show, uh, followed by the Kenny Everett Television Show, followed by the TV of Rocky. Ooh, now that would be competition, wouldn't yeah, it? Yeah, that is top competition. That's a film that can cover all the categories because it's a really good film. Won the Oscar for Best Picture, but is also action adventure. Yes. So yes, uh, that was then. But I first saw it since you asked so nicely. Uh, oddly enough, it was a showing in September 1990, but I don't think I saw that. Uh, I think the first showing that I saw was in September uh, 1991. Um, which I am just finding here. Uh, no, that's not it. Here we go, here we go. Do you remember when you first saw it, Fiona? No. Tonight? No, I had seen it before, I so wouldn't... Well, I could claim I've never seen it before and just guessed the amphibious car and all that kind of stuff. Uh-huh. 
And the date that swallowed the submarine. Right, yeah, here we go. So Saturday, the 21st of September, uh, 1991. Um, pretty textbook ITV lineup. Baywatch, Blind Date, The Spy Who Loved Me, World Championship Boxing. Uh, BBC One had Challenge Anika, uh, Burns of a Feather, The House of Elliot. No, you like that. That whole lineup was very much for me, wasn't it? Yeah. For the non-modern fans, that's basically what they did. Is they they took a female lineup as competition? What do you think? Oh, well, it kind of is, isn't it? Yeah, I see what they've done there. So that's TV listings. See, it wasn't that painful, was it? Um, so uh, now we have. Did the compilers of the James Bond 50th anniversary postcard set pick the right four images? Four images for the Spy Who Loved Me, and let me tell you, I think they get it bang on. Well, it's one of them. Four the images. One of the poster. Which poster? The one I chose is my favourite. Yes, correct. So, three more images of The Spy Who Loved Me. The Spy Who Loved Me, three things about it, go. Amphibious car. Bingo! Two more things about it. The Spy Who Loved Me, he's got underwater octopod. card. Oh. Not the octopus. Our survey says... Uh, uh. Um, it's the one where... Uh, uh. It's the Bond film where... Submarine? Uh, uh. It's the Bond film where he teams up with a Russian agent. Ah, uh, right, okay, so it's two of them. And it's the first one that has. Jaws! Fair enough. Well, I wasn't aware this is the first one with Jaws in it because we're obviously not watching Well, it, it has Jaws really. in it. Okay. Alright. So now we need to see, Fiona, where does the spy who loved me rank among the other James Bond films? Um, the last one you saw, so number one. No. <laughs> Um, oh, I don't know what you're... At the moment, are we at the top or are we at the bottom? No, it's kind of in the middle I think. All right. What, what's my top Roger Moore one so far? Your top Roger Moore one so far is... Live and let die. No, it's not, it's not as good as that. What's the next one? The next one down is... Do you know what my name is? I said yes, it's Octopussy. Um... <coughs> Better than Octopussy? On par with Octopussy, I think. Okay, is it is it as good as Goldfinger? He's the man. Oh, it's but all very much, much for muchness. Oh. What's next? World is not enough. No, I think it goes under Goldfinger. Between Gold... You're not doing it properly. Between... Goldfinger and the world is not enough. The world is not enough above Goldfinger. Oh, it's underneath Goldfinger. Do you know what my name is? Alright. Oh, you've done it that way, right? Okay. What's underneath? Oh, oh, the octopusy. The view to it. It's between octopusy and a view to a kill. Okay. I think that's very low, but you are just, you know, it's your, uh, your, your decision. Although you are, of course, wrong. Uh, okay, so thank you very much for that. So let's, uh, roll dice to, uh, to see what we're going to, uh, to watch, uh, next. So what's the end of Roger Moore? So a few words about Sir Rog. He the was the worst Rog. Bond. He was the worst Bond. Really? 
but you know, I have affection for him because he's my childhood bond. Okay. He just wasn't sexy. Never. Not even a living lid. No, not really, no. No. But you could do the funny bits. Well, that's why I find him the worst bond. Oh. I don't like a funny bond. So, we've seen all of Roger Moore. We've seen all of Timothy Dalton. We've seen all of Pierce Brosnan. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll leave aside the proper Casino Royale and Barry Nelson Casino Royale okay. 54. Out of those three, what, how would you place those in terms of your favourites? Well, Roger Moore at the bottom. <sighs> and then... Roger with the other Timothy Dalton and... And Pierce Brosnan. quite like Pierce Brosnan, didn't I? Mm-hmm. So I think t- Timothy Dalton next and then Pierce Brosnan at the top. Okay, so do you want to roll this dice to see uh, what they... You have to press the green. It's never going to do that. <laughs> okay, let's watch that trailer. Far up. Far out. Far more. James Bond is back on Her Majesty's Secret Service. And this time, they drop a mountain on him. Albert R. Broccoli and Harry Salzman present Ian Fleming's On Her Majesty's Secret Service. On a steel cable, on a racing bobsled, on a ton of dynamite, on one ski, back comes Bond, down comes the mountain, on comes the excitement. In the biggest 007 adventure of them all, On Her Majesty's Secret Service. George Lazenby, Diana Rigg, Telly Savalas, On Her Majesty's Secret Service. In color from United Artists. Entertainment from Transamerica Corporation. This picture has been rated M. Mature audiences. Far up, far out, far more. You done? Yes. Is that what the what the trailer says? Yes. It also explains to you all the things that Bond is. Like, he is... Mounted falls on him. He's on one ski. He's on some dynamite. He is great. Because it's a good job that the, they had told us that. Because uh, you couldn't really tell. The, the video, the filming is so <laughs> dated. You can't really figure out what's going on in the flash. Suddenly mm-hmm. there's some that. So you got the narrators. That's quite good. Um, and, yeah. Well, uh, I'm not overly excited about it. It's never too late to be introduced to a new Bond. George Lazenby. Though at least you got the proper baddie, whoever his name was. (laughs) The proper baddie? The proper baddie, the baldy one. Oh, I suppose he is bald, yeah, yeah, yeah. Kojak. Kojak, yes. Kojak is in it. (laughs) And Dame Diana Rigg. Yeah, she's good, isn't she? (laughs) Dame Diana Rigg, is she a good actress? I think she's quite a good actress, Yeah. yeah. So hopefully they'll carry George. George Lazenby might be the best Bond of all. I don't know. He does look a bit um, Austin Powers. (laughs) Well, it is from the 60s. Maybe there's one scene where he's got like a roughly bit. Ah, Oh, you don't know know the half of it. Oh, is this basically what Austin Powers is based on? Ah, There's quite a bit of of Austin Powers in this, yes. So are you looking forward to it? No. No. (laughs) (laughs) Just think it'll be one less that you have to watch after that. I thought it'd been a while since you'd thrown a rubbish one at me. (laughs) 
You don't know they're rubbish just by the trailers. You think all the trailers are rubbish. Yeah, it's probably true. Yes. So there we go. All right. Well, if there's nothing more to be said, then... Uh, <coughs> Join us next time when there'll be a little bit of him. And a quantum of misses. Bye! Bye! Bye.